people on the way to your seat. Tell them I feel. Come on, tell them I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, clap your hands one more time if you're excited about what God's doing tonight. Hallelujah. Welcome to Sunday Night Live at the Rock Church. Whoa. Glory to the name of Jesus. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing in this house. How many of you were here this morning in the middle of what God did in this place today? Amen. I'm, I'm so grateful for what we have felt all day long in this sanctuary. There has been power and victory and dominion and authority in the Holy Ghost. Anybody else feel that breakthrough power in the house of God today? Amen. I'm so grateful for all of our guests that are with us tonight. Rock Church, would you help me put your hands together one good time and welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. We're so grateful to have you with us tonight. And uh, we're going to stand in honor of the entrance of the word of the Lord together, if you would, with me tonight. Amen. It is our custom to stand for the entrance of God's word. We would stand if a dignitary was to walk into the building and I think it is awesome for us to stand for the entrance of God's word amen I am so grateful for another generation of young men and young ladies who have picked up the calling of God in their life who are walking in that calling and in that vocation of becoming everything that God has called them to become one of those young individuals is our very own brother Trevor Sloss. How many of you love this young man? And uh, I, am, I am so grateful for him, and I have watched as God has just continued to bless his life as he has humbled himself to the process and the hand of God. And I have asked him to come tonight to deliver the word of the Lord. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has talked to this young man and that he is in the vein of the Holy Ghost. Uh, how many of you came expecting God to do something great tonight? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a praise as Brother Sloss, Trevor Sloss, comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us. Come on, can we lift that up to him today? Oh, come on, somebody. I think we can do a little bit better than that. Can we give our God some great praise in this house if you know he's worthy? Has he done anything for you? Oh, come on, has he done anything for you? He woke me up this morning. He started, he put breath in my body. He gave me a sound mind. He gave me peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. How about you? Amen. Um, just want to say thank you to Pastor Williams for this opportunity. He texted me last night and 
just said, hey, be prepared to preach. He just knows when his voice is starting to go. And if you couldn't hear it, it's starting to go. So, um, And uh, immediately my mind began to kind of race as, as I tried to figure out what God wanted to say. And then... Um, this morning happened, and if you weren't here, I, I strongly suggest that you go on YouTube and watch the video, or Facebook, wherever you have it. Amen. Life-changing message this morning. Um, and in practice, uh, Pastor told the story a little bit this morning, but in practice, I, I got the clearest direction I've ever, I've ever felt. So um, I know, I know what, what God wants to say to us tonight. I just hope that I can say it the way that he gave it to me. And I, I just want to be a blessing to the people of God. Um, as you're grabbing your Bibles, we're turning first to 1 Samuel 17. Um, I kind of want to just piggyback off of what was preached this morning and kind of preach a part two. It's not going to be anywhere as good, but I, uh, I kind of want to just... Continue in that vein of what he preached this morning. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep it short. I don't have much. Uh, and I have a, a couple friends, Ashlyn, namely Sister Ashlyn and Sister Moesha, that love it when I preach. They say I'm actually one of their favorite preachers, not because of anything that I say, but because of the amount of time that I'm up here. So, shout out to you guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> God forgive him. God forgive him. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning at verse 51. When you have it, say amen. If you were here this morning, pastor ended with David killing Goliath. David getting victory on the battlefield. And the very next verse, starting at 51, says, Therefore David ran... And stood on the Philistine. He just killed him. He hit him with the sling. Stood on the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him. And cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued. Everybody say pursued. Pursued. The Philistines, until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Shearim, I don't know if that's right, even unto Gath and unto Ekron, and the children, and the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. Verse 51 is where I want to hone in tonight. One more verse of scripture after this. But it said, excuse me, verse 52. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued. Goliath had fallen. Victory is won. And they pursued. Going over to the book, same book, 1 Samuel. But to chapter 30. And I want to just read one verse of scripture. We'll come back to the rest of it. Verse number 8. It simply says... And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Somebody say, Pursue. Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. 
Everybody say pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. There was no question. There was no doubt in the mind of God that they would surely recover all. And so tonight for just a few moments, I want to preach to you a little bit on this idea of pursue for you shall recover all. You shall recover. I don't care what the enemy has told you. I don't care what this situation is in your life or what it looks like. I'm here to declare the word of the Lord to you. And that is you need to get up and you need to pursue. You're going to recover it all tonight. Nothing will be lost. Nothing will be left behind. I'm going all the way. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Again, musicians just stay right there. Again, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, the giant is down. Victory is won. What next? What next? Easiest solution, the simplest thing will be to have a party. We'll go back home and we'll celebrate because the victory is ours. God has given us the victory yet again. But no. David said that's not enough. I'm not content with just being victorious. Can I say it like this? I'm not content coming into service every Sunday, getting the victory, and then going back home and walking back into the same stuff that I've... David said, that's not good enough. I'm not, I'm not content with just getting the victory. I want to pursue and I want to recover everything. God said, after the victory, go and pursue the enemy. At this point in time, God never told all of them to go. If all of them decided to go and decided to attack, God probably would have given them the victory. But as it was stated this morning, God was looking for someone to use to bring glory to his name. And we see David arise to the challenge. And so they pursue. The downfall is that sometimes we have amazing church and we get victories in our lives. And it's almost as if our consciences have been soothed for yet another service. And we go, we go home and the reality is, is that our homes are still messed up. We come into church and everything is good. Everything is great. God's given us the victory. I'm, I'm a triumphant believer. And yet we walk right out of those doors and the phone starts ringing and the problems start coming back in. My, my, my kids are still on drugs. My, my, spouse is still, my spouse is still living a worldly life. Don't ever get too comfortable with today's victories. Because today's victories, without pursuing, will only let you, will only let tomorrow's problems take back over your life. The victory of today is not enough. You got to go and continuously get victory. You got to continuously pursue after the enemy. Don't get too comfortable. You need to chase them out. David and the Israelites, they got up and they said, it's not enough. And that's simply what I want to preach to you tonight is that it's just not enough to have victory. It's not enough just to be victorious every other service. We've got to pursue. There's some things in the in the, there's some people out there that need to be in the house of God that aren't. There's some family members of mine that are that are strung out on drugs that are living a lifestyle that we that we all know is against what the word of God says. We need to pursue. And I find it interesting on the way back into town when you skip down to verse 54, 
It says, and the children, the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines. They chased them so far, they didn't even know which way was up or down. They chased them so far away from their ter territories. They said, get out of here. You can't come past this line. Some of us need to draw some lines in our lives and say, you know what? I'm pushing you further and further back. Because if not, you know what will end up happening is you'll get comfortable with them coming up to the line. And then all of a sudden, it only takes, the devil only needs an inch. He only needs just an inch inside of your territory. He only needs an inch inside of your home. And then with, without you even knowing, without you even realizing it, your home is completely overrun with, overrun with sin. It's completely overrun with chaos. Somebody needs to stand up in this house and say, you know what? I'm drawing the line here. As a matter of fact, I'm drawing the line as far away from my house as possible. It says that they came back to Jerusalem and they spoiled their tents. On the way back into town, they see the, the, the Philistines' tents. And I can just imagine one man, probably somebody like Naeem, <laughs> Pastor Ham, and he goes over and looks at me and says, they have all this gold here. They have all these, all of these supplies. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not coming back, right? So what are we going to do with it? Let's get some spoils. Let's go grab some people from the pits of hell. Let's go back into our jobs and tell the enemy you can't come anymore in here. Let's go back into our schools next year and say, you know what? I'm not succumbing to the, to the flesh. I'm not going to take a knee and bow before this world. And then the next verse says, and David took the head of the Philistine. And he says, and he brought it to Jerusalem, but, but he put his armor in his tent. David said, here, as a sign to the rest of the city, God has given us the victory. And he said, as a sign for me, something that I can remember. A spoil of war that I, for me to remember that God delivered me. That God brought me out. I'm going to take his armor and I'm going to put it in my house. Some of you need to take some spoils of war from the enemy and say, you know what? I'm remembering this day right here. God gave me victory. I didn't stay there. I didn't, I didn't have a party and rejoice over the one victory God gave me. I pursued and I brought back spoils. Like I said, I'm not going to be very long. But that's one example. And as I was praying about this, I was, I was kind of getting confused. And I said, you know what? That's for some people. I understand that. Some people get the victory. This morning, there's people in here that got victory. God gave, them, God gave you victory. And I'm telling you today, those of us that got victory this morning, those of us that got victory in this house tonight, God's telling you to pursue God's telling you not to be comfortable with just the victory he's already given you. You need to get up and you need to go out and you need to push the enemy as far back as possible. And you need to take some spoils with you. You need to take some reminders with you of what God has done. Now that's one example. And you turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I think this is so interesting. 
Verse 1 says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag had smitten Ziklag, or, and Ziklag, and they, smit, they had smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire. Now here's the interesting part. This is a little bit of a side note. Ziklag was given to Israel by King Achish. Ziklag was a city that was literally given to them and said, you know what? This, this is just kind of like a whatever city. Don't worry about it. You can have that. And yet three chapters later, they're burning down the city that they gave them. Anybody ever experienced that where somebody gives you something and then they, they take it back? <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen. That's like you owning a, a beat up, busted car and giving it to somebody and be like, no, 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 I just want to bless you. And when you know it doesn't run, you got to jump start it every time. <laughs> it needs a new oil filter and be like, no, 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 no. This is my blessing to you. I just want to be a blessing. This is the exact same thing in my mind I see going down. Verse 2, it says, and he had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And so David and his men, they come to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. This city that was just given to them, all of a sudden is burned with fire. They start to look around, and they ask the question, what happened? What happened? What happened to this city that was given to us? This territory that we gained, it was burned to the ground. And then it says, and then David and the people that were there with him, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive. And David was, skipping down to verse 6, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Could you imagine the pressure? Could you imagine the stress? They put their lives essentially into this man's hands and said, wherever you go, David, we're going to go. Wherever you pursue, David, we're going to pursue. And yet they come to this place and their wives and their children have also been taken captive. It's not just the men of God. It's not just David's. It's everybody else involved. What do you do? What do you do when everything that you love, everything that you cherish has suddenly been stripped away from you? There's no victory in this. Within these first couple of verses, there's no victory whatsoever. It's defeat. It looks dark. It looks, it looks scary. There's nothing good about this. And David said to Abiathar, well, hold on. They spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, he said, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And he brought him the ephod. And David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? In my mind, what I, what I see here is David looks at the situation. He realizes everything is grim. He realizes there's no hope. And then he encourages himself. And in my mind, I see him, I see him thinking back to his house in that suit of armor sitting over in the corner. And he's, whoa, 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 whoa. I remember one time when God gave me victory. And I pursued, and I got way more than I bargained for. 
you see, you see what's interesting, and I don't think anybody, I've heard a couple people talk about it. I'm not, I'm not anything good. There's, there's, this, there's a couple scriptures right before when David gets there, and he starts talking to them, and he says, what shall be done to the man that kills this giant? What's in it for me? Granted, David did it for a greater reason than that. But still, he said, what's in it for me? What, what good do I get out of it? It's going to happen anyway, but I'm just curious. <laughs> the, the giant's going to fall. I'm not really worried about that. I'm just curious what the benefits are. That's why I believe David said, forget not his benefits. I believe David saw that suit of armor and he said, you know what? If God did it before for me when I had victory, how much more? How much more when the, when the situation seems darkest? How much more when there's nothing left? How much more when there's flames on the city? How much more can my God do? And the word of the Lord comes back to him and says, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I've come to talk to somebody here tonight. Your situation looks dark. Your situation looks grim. People have walked out on you. Your loved ones have left you. God is telling you tonight to pursue the enemy. Pursue the enemy. You know what they took? They didn't took anything uh, uh, material. The Bible doesn't say that they took anything material. It says they took their families. And you know what's interesting? It says they didn't kill them. They didn't kill a single one of them. I feel like God's protection was on them. When, you're, when your loved one, when your boy is out there sinning and he's out there losing his mind and your husband and your wife is out there losing their mind, I'm telling you right now that the prayers of the righteous will cover them. But don't just stop there. Don't just stop. You need to pursue the enemy. You, you need to rear back and you need to say, you know what? I'm recovering it all tonight. Tonight I'm recovering it all. Verse 18 of chapter 30, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. I love how it puts that in there. We're not going to talk about the, you know, the two wives part. But it's interesting that the Bible says before, specifically, that his wives were taken away. And then it says he recovered all and his two wives. There wasn't anything left. There wasn't anything left over there. Nothing was left behind. David said, I'm going tonight and I'm going to get it all. But you know what's interesting? Is it wasn't just David. It wasn't just David. If David had a made up mind and he said, you know what, I'm going to go do it. That's one thing. But to get 400 people to back you up and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm sick and tired of the enemy taking from me. I'm sick and tired of the enemy messing with my job, messing with my pay, messing with my family, messing with my house. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm going tonight and I'm going to get everything back. I wonder if there's anybody in here that feels that way. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the... You know, I'm reminded... Pastor, I, I, feel, I feel so strongly that this is, this is specific. I don't know who, I know one person, but I don't know who else it's for. 
I, 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 my mind goes to when Jesus was away and um, Lazarus was dead in the tomb. They came to him and said, Jesus, the one that you love, your friend, he's dead. I, I believe they put those words in there. They, put, they used specific adjectives and they said, the one that you love. Think about it, Jesus. Think about it. Don't brush this one off. I know, I know you have a lot of people all coming to you. And I know you have a lot of situations to deal with. I know you got a lot of prayers that are coming before your throne. But this is the one that you love. This is your friend. This isn't just anybody else. And Jesus said, okay. I'll be there. He didn't move. He waited. Four days later, he's already dead. He's in the tomb. And as he approaches, they see him coming from afar off. And I, can, I, I get the sense that Mary and Martha kind of get a little upset. Come on, Jesus. This wasn't just anybody. Come on, Jesus. That, that's my kid. Come on, that's not, that's not just anybody. That's your kid that's out there in the world. That's your child out there in the world losing their mind. Come on, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm trying to keep him alive as much as possible. And Jesus gets there. He goes right over to the tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. I love how pastor puts it. He didn't say blood start moving. He didn't say bones strengthen. He didn't say muscles come together. He didn't say brains start working. He said Lazarus come forth. That's all you need. That's all you need is that word for, for Jesus to take Lazarus come forth. But here's the interesting part. Mary and Martha were the, the, the sisters of Lazarus, Lazarus. And when the situation looked darkest, four days, that's a long time to be dead. That's a long time to be in the grave. That's a long time to be lost in the world. That's a long time to be doing your thing. Am I talking to anybody tonight? That's, that, Jesus, I don't even know anymore. You know, I, I don't even know if you can save my family anymore. I don't even know. You, you've waited this long. It's been this long already. It's been 20 years I've been praying and fasting for this certain person. And they still aren't here. They're still not alive. God is, not, God is not distressed by your dead circumstance. God is not, God doesn't, is never in trouble. He never looks at a situation that seems long past due and get upset and start to wonder and say, ah, I, I, maybe I should have, maybe I should have done something. Maybe, maybe I should have come a little sooner. No, 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 no. God's timing is perfect. As long as you stay faithful, as long as you stay faithful to the house of God, whatever God promised you, it will come to pass. There is no if, ands, or buts. If God said it, then it's done. Whether you believe it or not, whether, whether people tell you it can happen or not, 
God's word will stand forever. Let's stand all across this room tonight. I don't know who this word is for, but I'm telling you tonight, tonight is the night. Some people, I, I, I kind of figured that was the response I would get. Some people, you got to think about it. What is it that I've lost? It doesn't have to be just family, my sanity, my peace of mind, my joy. This entire situation, everything that's going on in the world, you look, you open up social media and it's like everything. You start scrolling and every single page is just releasing trash and it's releasing fear and it's, release, it's releasing hatred. Where's my joy at? Where's my peace? Tonight's the night. I'm not having another sleepless night. I'm not going another night worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not going another day trying to figure out how to make ends meet and how to, and how to make sure that I can survive and how my kids can get fed and, and how I'm going to be able to put food on the table and how I'm going to be able to keep the lights on. I'm not going another day. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. You need to recover it all tonight. God already promised it. God already said it would be done. All you need to do is pursue. All you need to do is 